0: The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com everybody welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club I'm John Burke and with me this week as always Corey Starr hello hello and Movie Club podcast is the podcast where Corey and I watch a movie um, every week that one of us or both of us have not seen uh, in our theme this month of um, August which we're a little early because we're recording before August actually but the theme for August is uh, school themed movies and our first review is going to be Rushmore from by Wes Anderson that Corey has never seen before. So we'll be getting into that um, a little bit on the podcast. Uh, but to start, we're going to talk about uh, some movie news. And Corey, you wanted to bring it up, so why don't you introduce the topic?
1: Okay. Well, um, I've been kind of touching base with you about it. I want to talk about MoviePass and what the hell is going on. Um, we all thought that this was not going to be a sub- sub- sustainable business model it just Mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense but hey i'm in for you know i'll ride this train until it's just um but like my friend said that she tried to go to mission impossible the other night and she wasn't able to check into any of the new movies and then everyone was having problems like thursday some people on friday and i think maybe on saturday there were still some people having issues
0: oh yeah no all we did
1: we got the email today about being loyal customers and that now uh, new movies aren't going to be available that they suggest that you check the app and see if the movie time and the movie that you want to see is going to be available to use with your movie pass. And that one pretty much that one makes me mad because my life doesn't work that way. I can't just drop everything that I'm doing, um, you know, to Mm. go to the movies right now because there's a movie playing and I don't understand why I would be paying for the service that I'm not able to use.
0: Well, and- I, I mean, oh, go ahead. Uh, th- they're changing the entire thing that made it um, great, which is why it's not sustainable. Um, but yeah, MoviePass, uh, the, there was a re- uh, press release that went out this morning. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, by the way. We, this won't come out till Sunday, so this will probably be old news but we're talking about it because, well, it matters to us because we're both MoviePass subscribers. Um, it should be noted that I've been with MoviePass since early 2016. I was paying $30 a month um, for their quote-unquote one movie a day. Um, at that time, it was uh, literally 24 hours had to go by. So if you saw a movie at like 10 o'clock on Friday night, you could not go to another movie till after 10 o'clock on Saturday. Um, that's how it started, and they changed it several different times. Um before it got to the nine ninety nine pricing almost exactly a year ago. Um, I've been with them the entire time from the year. And uh, the press release this morning said they were gonna increase the price from ten to fifteen and then also add those limitations. Now, the thank you loyalty email, I don't see anything about the price increase, nope. but th- what I read in the press release said they're gonna raise the price to fifteen dollars within the next thirty days. And that's saying, that most new releases you won't be able to see in the opening two weeks. And then even after that, there's going to be times where they don't allow movies to go. So what I'm thinking that means is there's probably going to be a quota of tickets on a, on the like daily. Like they will allow this many tickets and then they're going to just shut down times. Um, because they're hemorrhaging money. They are literally losing um, so much money. And it... The the thing that I think killed them the, so fast was letting people go to movies more than once. Um, that was a rule, like for a long time with Movie Pass, where you could only see a movie once. When they started the nine ninety nine, and then they changed that to where you could see any movie. Um, people were seeing thirty movies a month, meaning Movie Pass was you know spending somewhere, depending on where they were, three hundred dollars to you know, I don't know six hundred dollars, because some places like New York and California movie prices are like 20 bucks a ticket you know shit like... it
1: cost 20 dollars when i saw avengers which was a terrible movie in atlanta and i can't even remember if it was 3d it was like 21 bucks
0: what yeah what are you saying it's a terrible movie
1: yeah i didn't like that movie we talked about it i uh,
0: uh okay, <laughs> <folks>.
1: <laughs> sorry <laughs> well anyways i'm saying that that was a lot of money i it, i think it might mu- might mu- it must have been 3D because I couldn't use my movie pass.
0: Yeah, it's it's some so, other format, but um, sorry. that's it's got me worried because uh, to do the Burke reviews, I do see a lot of movies in the theater. Um, I there isn't a package available close to me that is comparable. Um, Cinemia, uh, as spelled S I N E M I A, is the um, only one that works at any theater. Basically, um, it's. Uh, not, you get to see at most three movies a month, um, depending on which package you buy. You still save money. Like, like it's, um, 15 bucks right now they have a summer deal going on, so I don't know how long this price point will stay, but it's 15 bucks for three movies a month. One of those movies can be IMAX or, well, basically any format, like 4DX or any of the other options that are out there. Um, the other two can be 2D or 3D, but they can't be IMAX or anything like that, um, and you can do uh, in-app reservations, so you can, like, buy your tickets in advance. Um, you still have to check in, and that seems to be a big issue. The app seems very glitchy with GPS. Um, like, it, it, I'm looking at the map, and it's showing me at home, but uh, it's saying that my close theater is, like, way farther away from me than it is. So I don't know, because you have to check in when you're at the theater to, like, mm-hmm. prove that you went and not somebody else or whatever. And... Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to check in because it doesn't look like it's saying my theater is where it is, uh, so that that has me holding back on that. Um, I really want to do AMC Stubs or the sorry, not Stubs. That's their regular program. Their A List, um, which is twenty bucks a month, three movies a week, any um, any format that the theater offers. Uh, plus, you get their Stub um, premiere uh, package, which lets you. Get, I think it gets you discounts on certain like concessions, but it also lets you skip the line for concessions. Um, and, yes. and, it, and it's all app. Um, well, you skip the line, but like with other Premiere members, so if a lot of people are doing this, you're not really going to be skipping that much of a line anymore, I guess. But um, but maybe like half. Maybe half. And then uh, you get it's all in app, so you can do like reservations and whatnot. Um, you can use all three movies in the same day. Uh, which you can't do with Cinemia. It's one movie a day with Cinemia. Um, the A-list, you can use all three in one day. So my thought is, because I don't have an AMC close. Like, it's a 40-minute drive for me uh, in two directions. Um, so I was thinking if I do that, I can go, like, one day a week and just see three movies. Like, I could go Saturdays and watch three movies in one day, if there's three movies for me to that I want to watch or whatever, you know? Because I couldn't go three times a week, but I could go once a week three movies boom knock them out um but uh, that's still a big commitment so i haven't decided what i'm going to do just yet i still have movie pass until december because i paid for a year back in uh, december because they had a deal it was 90 bucks for the year so you save like 20 bucks um so i'm i'm stuck with movie pass so hopefully they limp to the finish line here but uh, oh, <laughs> it's looking pretty bad and it's not surprising like we said it you know we, everyone with a sense of simple economics, you know, if you're selling something at a loss, you're going to lose money. Um,
1: you have people to pay. Uh, that's why they couldn't even have people check in. They, they owed their partners money, I think. Yeah. And I didn't even see that press release that they're, like, that they're raising the prices. And I, like, read that email the loyalty thing to Bill and he's like oh so it sounds like you're going to be paying for a monthly service to see like the same movies that you can see at the dollar theater
0: <laughs> yeah it, it's gonna I'm well like, if you're lucky enough to still have a dollar theater but you' um, have to oh, you're very lucky uh, yeah it's it's a shame um, I really hope Regal and uh, or the Cobb theaters I hope they step up and get their own like loyalty service thing um, Alamo, Alamo Drafthouse has announced that they have um, something coming out. Uh, I don't know what it's going to be. Um, and then uh, if you have a Cinemark, they have a really crappy one that it's one movie a month. And then you get like a discount on popcorn. Um, it's not too expensive, but it's still like, well, why? That's not... I want to go really? at least... I need at least four. To me, me, I need at least to be able to see one movie a week.
1: And that is, I feel like that's fair. And even if they raise it to like 20 bucks and I could only see like two movies a week or something or whatever, that's still saving me money. And, you know, like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the people that, you know, that would complain about something like that and not really understand are not necessarily always the kind of people that we would want to be in the theater, like Unchaperone children yeah. or their parents by all 27 of them movie passes for free babysitting
0: yeah it's it's a shame because um, i i was happy with the 30 dollars um you know i had no problem when i was paying 30 dollars because i was seeing four movies and so i was saving at minimum six bucks and sometimes i would save more like there were months where i saw eight or nine movies and i saved a lot of money that way but you know um there was no worries that they were going bankrupt at that time and now <laughs> Pretty much when they switched to nine ninety nine, I was like, "Oh, that doesn't sound like it's gonna work." And
1: they like like I don't really know how widespread this is, but they were selling the annual passes in Costco Mm-hmm. for like ninety or hundred dollars. Yeah, too.
0: yeah, and that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I wasn't able to use it yesterday. I my daughter and I went to a movie. The movie was showing up on the app, like it was showing at the theater. The time was there. We got there. It let us hit the button. Let us hit check in, and then. It looked like it worked, and then all of a sudden we got an error message um, that it wasn't available, and to uh, try the e-ticketing services, which only, like, three theaters, all a 50-minute drive from where we were, um, that use the e-ticketing feature on MoviePass, so not an option.
1: I think that it's real sketch and not very professional to have your customers going for five days now without any, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. without... Coming out and saying something.
0: Yeah. it. I mean, they've had shady business practices pretty much since the CEO, the current CEO, took over. But, yeah, it, it's pretty shifty. Um, it's a shame because it was a great thing. And it was, I feel like it was revitalizing people going to the movies. Um, but, again, hopefully uh, Regal and Cobb and um, other theaters that, you know, other big chains will see that this subscription thing, people will pay, you know, if you, if I, if Cinemia was four movies, um, and I knew the app would work, I would go in a heartbeat, uh, with Cinemia, I, I don't like that it's only three, um, not even, I think the pricing is fine, 15 bucks, that's five bucks a ticket, uh, that's half price for, of regular movie at my theater, and it's like three dollars cheaper than the matinee price, so, you know, it's not the best deal, but it's a, it's a viable option, you know, especially with the IMAX movie because that that could be a twenty dollar ticket. Yeah. Um, so I can save some money there too, but the fact that it's uh, I don't know, it just it's not quite ideal. I really think um, AMC's got the best one right now. I just unfortunately don't live near close enough to an AMC to uh, take advantage of it. Now, um, if you're rocking like a hybrid, because that's the thing, I'm driving a truck. I can't afford the gas to go three times a week but if you're driving like maybe a Prius or something uh, maybe the drive isn't such if you live 40 minutes away it's not so bad but for me between gas and time uh, I wouldn't be able to pull off AMC right now justified but um, I guess that's enough about MoviePass and its competitors. Um, Corey what have you seen since uh, the last time we recorded was Friday night Uh, we're we're recording early this week because Corey and I are both going to concerts on separate nights, um, but it stopped us from recording our normal schedule. Um, so, what have you seen since the last we spoke?
1: So, I'm still plugging along with True Blood, but mm. I also watched Ghost Stories. Oh, you did? I did.
0: Did you like Ghost Stories?
1: I did, but I totally saw something coming. But we're not going to talk about it because it's a spoiler.
0: Maybe a, yeah, and that's not widely available yet. Uh, ghost Stories. I got to see it at the Florida Film Festival, um, Martin Freeman is in it, uh, I think it's Andy Nyquist, um, or something like that, uh, directs and stars, and man, yeah, I really liked it a lot, um, did you just, I really,
1: I really liked, like, what they used as the vehicle to get through the anthology, Mm -hmm. because I love horror anthologies, movies and books, nerd, um, so I did really like that, it's, it's not spoilers that he's a he likes to debunk or his he's a professor and he likes to debunk um like people who say that they can get in touch with like anything to do with the spiritual or other worlds yeah he's like a cynic yes words thank you um so i just like that that's how they use it to kind of propel and to be like the base of the you know story
0: yeah, um, I also thought that was a cool way of like connecting all of the uh, individual stories, um, and I and genuinely it, got scared at times, but I also it, laughed. I was,
1: I was gonna yes. Um, they did a really good job balancing the humor and the horror, and legit they did a good job with the atmosphere. I'm mm-hmm. such a nerd for that, and they did a yeah. There were a few times that it was genuinely like creepy, like yeah, you know. We,
0: we saw it at a um. At my daughter and I went. I think it was eleven thirty when it started, so we got out at like one. In the went, morning? Yeah, yeah. One it was o'clock a, in the morning? Yeah, yeah. It was a Florida Film Festival. It was a midnight screening, and um, walking to the car, I was like totally freaked out because it was uh, it had got me on edge. Um, but uh, I went and saw a movie that I totally thought I would hate, despite the uh, critics rallying behind it. It has a, I think, eighty eight Rotten Tomato score. Um, Teen Titans go to the movies. Um, I am a huge DC Comics fan. And uh, I used to love the Cartoon Network Teen Titans series, and then they did Teen Titans Go, and I was excited. So I'm like, all right, Teen Titans are back. And then I saw what they did to the Teen Titans, and I hated Cartoon Network oh so much. Um, and when I found out there was a movie of this Teen Titans Go franchise, I was even more aggravated. So I was shocked to see the Rotten Tomato score, and it turns out, yeah, it's pretty great. I had a, a really fun time. Oh, nice. Um, it, it's a good parody film. It has a lot of references to movies and comic books. Um, it's definitely kind of mocking the, the uh, overabundance of superhero films. That's um, literally part of the plot. There's a lot of little nods to um, insiders of like both comics, but also movie knowledge. Um, there's, I mean, just tons and tons of references. And um, there's also a lot of immature humor. There's a lot of fart jokes. And there's literally like a three-minute gag about poop um, that goes... It's not visible, but it's like spoken. Uh, but I, I'll admit, to. I think part of why I... Um, there was a kid, like, two rows in front of me who was just having a blast and had, like, a laugh that was just contagious. (laughs) So I definitely think it it melted my uh, curmudgeon attitude that I walked into the movie with. Um, Then I got to uh, see right now, and I don't usually tell you what my favorite movie of the year is so far, Corey, but I just can't talk about this movie enough. Um, Blindspotting, I got to see at South by Southwest, and I was immediately just in love with the movie. And... It's playing um, at our uh, fairly local theater, and I took my daughter to see it yesterday morning, and that's the Movie Pass flop. Uh, I was unable to use our Movie Pass, but luckily that theater has 650 matinees, so yes. it was only like 13 bucks for the two of us to go. Um, and it, it was the second time I got to see it. It's uh, solid, sitting at my number one movie of the year. Um, and. I just, I absolutely love it. It's David Diggs and Raphael Casal, um, wrote the film and star in it together. It's great. Um, I can see not everybody having the same at- at- attachment to it that I do, but my daughter also clicked with it. And, uh, currently she's saying it's between this and Won't You Be My Neighbor is her favorite movies of the year, um, that she's seen so far. And she has seen some good indie films this year. She's seen Tully, Eighth Grade, um, Hereditary. I mean, <laughs> my kid's up on the movie, uh the indie movie circuit. Um, and then I'm, I'm I'm not through with it. I'm only about halfway through. I'm watching Some Like It Hot from uh, 1959, the Billy Wilder film starring Marilyn Monroe, Jack Lemon, and... Um, I'm going to forget the other guy's name. Uh, Tony Curtis. Um, this is one that's been on my watch list for a while, and I started it... Um, I thought I was going to have enough time, but I was uh, given a chore to do in be- while watching the movie that delayed me from finishing it before the podcast but I do plan on finishing it once we finish this so that's all we've had time for because uh, again we're recording very early so next week will be at least a week before we record again so we will have some more well I will not sure about Corey sometimes she doesn't watch anything
1: but <laughs> I'm very busy
0: oh like I know I'm you not are busy, too, but, <laughs> but I no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Priorities. I put movies ahead of a lot of other stuff. Um, I should probably put some other stuff ahead of them sometimes, but it's hard. I really like movies. Um, we're going to get into our review of Rushmore, and if you've never listened to the podcast before, what we do is we kind of talk about the, the general information about the film. We give our initial opinions of it, and then um, we get into an extensive review with spoilers, but we will give you a warning before we do that. So we start spoiler-free. Uh, Rushmore is from 1998. It is Wes Anderson's second film, um, right behind Bottle Rocket. Uh, stars Jason Schwartzman in his debut role, Bill Murray, Olivia Williams, Seymour Cassell, or Castle, I'm not really sure. Cassell, probably. Brian Cox, who I, I just, I always love Brian Cox. He has, He's always in a different role for me, but I really like him as the uh, the lead. We get some other people show up. Um, Luke Wilson shows up. And so does his brother, Andrew Wilson. Owen is not on in the cast, uh, but I believe he has a writing credit. Yeah. Um, so if you're familiar with Wes Anderson movies, um, Owen and him went to school together. They worked together uh, frequently. And this was uh, Bill Murray's first working with Anderson, but he will stay with Anderson for many, many, many of his movies. Um, I think... Pretty much all of them he shows up in it, at least in some small way. And uh, as of now, I still consider Rushmore to be my favorite Wes Anderson film. Um, I've seen this several times. Corey, on the other hand, had never seen it. So let's hear from her. Corey, what were your thoughts of Rushmore?
1: Um, I thought it was really funny. And I died a couple times laughing. But it also totally creeped me out a couple times. Uh, thinking, of Moonrise Kingdom. <laughs> so... <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it goes as far as Moonrise Kingdom. Um,
1: At least they're both the same age in Moonrise Kingdom.
0: True, but I mean, Schwartzman's character is is predominantly making the moves, right? Like it's not.
1: Oh... Um,
0: I just realized he's two years older than me. So he, I mean, he was he was I, eighteen as an as an actor, even though he was younger in the movie. I
1: know what a baby. Um. It. Kind of reminded me of that teacher that got fired and had an affair and at least two children with her students. Which, like you said, it's him making the moves, but that's all I could think about while I was watching this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get I get that. And they, that's definitely a feeling Anderson wants you to, uh, he wants that discomfort. And, and I like it, though, because um, there are times, well, I guess we shouldn't say too much yet about, like those scenes in particular but yeah there's definitely some awkward moments which i mean part of that fits into the high school dynamic right like those awkward years when you're trying to figure out who you are and he's um his tale is even more compelling because he goes to this private school called rushmore hence the name and why it's our movie this month because we are again august high school movies so everything has to deal with high school in some capacity um he loves the school, but it's a private school. And he is definitely... Um, he was given a scholarship, we learned very early on. And he's not from money, but most of his peers are. And he's constantly trying to live up to them. So, you know, there is that level where he's always trying to be something more. Um, and I, I, you know, I kind of can relate to that. I mean, I'm not in a rich society, but like the idea that you want to be, you know not judged by what you don't have I guess to a degree like um he's he's with all these people who are you know rich and and well to do and he's constantly just trying to to live up to them I don't know if you notice he like buys everything for everybody like anytime like here here's some money go get that go get everybody some root beer I don't want one but he you know he doesn't have money so like, <laughs> he's, he's doing things like that just to try to show him off you know like hey yeah I, I'm like you I'm just like you um but uh, he's got a passion, and man, does he have a talent for, for talking, you know what I mean? Like, he is just Jason Schwartzman all the way. I mean, this is a character, you, you kind of see him play in other movies as well, but it, it's so impressive how how much he shines through in this film, especially, like, alongside Bill Murray, um, and who I am, if, you're, uh, if you've listened, I've definitely talked about Murray. I don't know if we've done a Bill Murray movie before, though. Um, I think this might be the first one that we've reviewed, but
1: uh did we do planes trains and automobiles i know we've talked
0: about it i watched it in november we might have watched it um but i
1: think maybe it was a holiday movie maybe i'm wrong
0: yeah i, I think you could be right but is i don't remember bill murray in that
1: no damn it That's excuse what I'm me like, what are you talking wrong about me chase
0: and john candy I but felt
1: and i love that movie um excuse my no brain. steve
0: martin ah crap steve i martin. screwed up yeah we I need said, to get our together oh my god i'm so sorry everybody we quit. Um, <laughs> no,
1: we're both fired. <laughs>
0: um, but uh, I, I love Bill Murray. Um, he is one of my favorites, and I particularly love his performance in this movie. He cracks me up um, over and over again. I don't want to undersell Olivia Williams, um, who I'm not really familiar with outside of this movie, but I think she's great in this. And then, um, you know, one of my favorite parts of this film is the dad, uh, um, Max I Fisher's love dad. His-
1: Dad, Seymour so much.
0: Cassell, which is what I'm going to settle on. It's my um, favorite. He was in Dick Tracy, which I loved that movie when I was younger. I haven't seen it in a long time. Though. Oh,
1: you're right. I haven't seen that since I was a kid.
0: Yeah, and I don't recognize many of his other. I know he's in some other stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if he was in some of the other Anderson films or something, but um I i just love his attitude in this movie because you can tell uh Max hurts his feelings a couple of times. But he's so gentle and kind and like compassionate to his son and like he's always he always does the right thing he's like the best dad imaginable because he
1: likes who he is
0: yeah he's so comfortable in his own skin um and yet he's also not offended that max wants to be more and in fact even i love okay we're getting into spoiler territory um sorry yeah uh i love this movie um i i i like most of anderson's films in fact i think i like all of Anderson's films, but uh, I haven't seen
1: bottle rocket.
0: I, I like bottle rocket. Uh, you got it for me. Actually. It's ironic that you've not seen it, but um, I, I like, uh, have you seen Dargerling limited? Oh no. That's I another. love the cover to that though. Yeah. I, I like that one. I need to rewatch that one. I don't think that one, it didn't grab me um, the same as his other films. So I wasn't as hooked into it. And I really want to rewatch Royal Tenenbaum since the first I time. Need I need to
1: rewatch that, but that was my,
0: that's been my favorite one so far. Um, there's some really great stuff in that one, like cinematically. It's just it's it's kind of, but I I love Grand Budapest a lot too. Um, oh, and it's beautiful. Yeah, and I, I'm a fan of Isle of Dogs from this year. Um, I bought yes. it the day it came out with the uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox Blu-ray uh, two pack. Um, oh, I always
1: loved Fantastic uh, Mr. Fox.
0: Me too, and um, yeah, that's, I don't think there's one. If I were going to say one that I don't want to rewatch, I think it's Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom, because um, we
1: both got <laughs> incredibly uncomfortable.
0: Just two kids in their underwear making out, or, or at least kissing, uh, made me very uncomfortable. Um, I, I just couldn't get past and it. They're running
1: away together, like
0: you're twelve, go home. I mean, I can deal with the running away together. I mean, like stand by no, me. No, they're going to stay in
1: a they're going to stay in a tent together.
0: I, I know what you're saying, it's, but it's not like you know. It's the it's the scenes with the underwear that bothered me. I, the premise, because again, I believe in innocence, even though it may not exist. I like to believe that like you can just run away together as friends. But it was them in their underwear kissing that I just was like uncomfortable watching. Um, I could I would have even been fine if they had implied that they had kissed or something. But like,
1: or a little to smack,
0: me, stuff run away. Well, to me, though, as. An adult director making a scene where you're like, hey, kids, strip down to your underwear and kiss feels dirty. And I can't get past that Um, because, again, that's a choice. He didn't have to put them in their underwear. Uh, He didn't have to make them kiss or, you know, like.
1: Maybe he was trying to make us uncomfortable again.
0: And again, that could be exactly. And he succeeded if that's what he was going for. He did a great job. Um, And I don't know, because every other movie, I'm generally okay with what's happening. Even if he pushes some boundaries. Um, and, but again, I think that's okay, um, but the Moonrise Kingdom, the, I just was bothered by, it. a lot of people love it, it's, it's v- very well regarded, and there is some good stuff in it, like, I'm not saying it's a bad movie, I just don't know if I could rewatch it, um, and maybe, maybe I could, and, and try to come at it with a different point of view than my, uh, my default, um, I don't know, maybe, you know, because I have, I teach kids, and, like, I don't want any of my, I don't want to watch my students' kiss, especially not in their underwear, so, um, putting it in a movie is just not something that I was comfortable with. But again, not the filmmaker. Anyways, um, I'm a fan of his films, so Rushmore is one that I really love. I'm glad Corey that you finally saw it, and I'm glad that you liked it. Um, of what you've seen, how how far up on the list do you think this one is for you?
1: Oh, I would really have to think about it. Uh... Unacceptable.
0: And I just have to mention Steve Zissou because I love that movie too. But
1: I love that. That's oh geez, now I don't know. So either that or Royal Tenenbaums would be those would be in my one and two. I'm not sure what order, and then I love Grand Budapest Hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that I'm blanking out on some other movies. Oh, I love Fantastic Mr. Fox. So what would that put this one maybe at like five?
0: Yeah, so that yeah, that disappoints me a little, but doesn't. I mean, obviously, if you like the them other all, it ones, doesn't are matter.
1: so good
0: though. But see, I I feel like the rewatchability of of Rushmore is really high for me. Um, partly because I do feel like it's... The stakes are the lowest. Like, I feel like the Royal Tenenbaums, the stakes feel really high to me because it's, like, this family who's just, like, tearing each other apart kind of thing. And, um... Like, you know, like, their sanity is not at stake. Like, Max, the stakes are low. Um, they're big for him, like, personally, but realistically, there's there's not a whole lot at stake, you know. Um, and I, I love... There's so much about this film that I just... I can... Rewatch just moments of and I, Grand Budapest. The stakes are really high because of the whole war element, you know, the backdrop uh, that's going on. And then um, I don't want to go into each of his movies, but I just there's something about Rushmore. I feel like I could, I think of all of his movies, with maybe the exception of uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, I could rewatch the most, um, like just put it on in the background even and just look up when i want to because it's that funny to me that i could just have it on but that's obviously personal taste I'm not saying everyone has to feel the same way but that's where i kind of come at it so it's it's currently i listed as my favorite anderson film not saying it's his best film but it's my favorite it's one i like to watch the most so that said Corey.
1: dun 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 from here forward we're going to talk about this movie in great detail like we already almost did a few moments ago uh so you've been warned
0: yeah, this one, um, for me especially, because I've seen it so many times, it's hard to just not talk freely about it. Um, because I, I am very familiar with so many little aspects of it. Um, Corey, what do you want to jump into first? Uh, oh, <laughs> I don't uh, know.
1: Um, I guess I really liked uh, just even the beginning where Bill Murray uh, his character, I'm so bad with the character names anyways. Um, he came in to speak to the students and everyone else was just kind of like, what? And
0: yeah, well, cause he was, I mean, essentially the message of his speech is for the, uh, non-rich kids to target the rich kids and take them out. And yeah. it resonates with Max because he's probably the only non-rich kid at the school. Um, and that's Bloom who is, his name is, uh, Herman Bloom, but he's mainly referred to as Mr. Bloom by Max. um, is uh, he's like uh, I get the vibe. He's like a self-made millionaire. Um, he worked hard. That's and he's, ten million dollars. Yeah, he's 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 worth quite a bit. Um, and uh, Max kind of looks up to him for that um, that reason. And then, uh, you know, I love. There's so many little things. Um, Max, I, I love the montage where we see Max's extracurricular activities. Um, uh, I
1: died, in. Uh, I died like it went through like I can't even remember all the clubs but and it's showing like that he started it or he's the Mm -hmm. head of it or he's the president and I'm just like not a wonder you're not doing well in school son
0: and then we get that information (laughs) that he's on academic probation um because his grades are suffering because he has too many extracurricular activities and not enough time studying um he just you know he's he's very much involved with the school he loves Rushmore He, he bleeds Rushmore um but he's not so interested in the academic side of it. Um, and he's got, I mean, like an entourage, right? Like he's got Dirk, who uh, is his little valet, if you will. Um, and he finds the book, the, uh, Jacques Cousteau, the Jacques Cousteau quote, that then leads him to meeting um, Mrs. Cross, who is a first grade teacher at Rushmore, and he becomes the object of Max's obsession. Um, I don't even want to say affection. I just think he becomes totally enamored with her. And um, he fl- we see him flirt with Dirk's mom, and there's some jokes about that throughout the movie. Um, he tells lies frequently about his dad's profession, says he's a brain surgeon, but he's actually a barber. Um, Mr. Bloom has the uh, awful children who are like meatheads, you know, like the, the traditional jock stereotype. Uh, they're on the wrestling team. They, they, they're they just a-holes to their dad, to everybody. Um... And he, he takes, Bloom takes a liking to Max, right away offers him a job, and then I love when Max gets up to wrestle, and he's like, you're on the team? He's like, I'm an alternate, and gets slammed, like, immediately. Uh, because he's just in everything. He's in every aspect of the school, except in his grades, he doesn't care. Jack of
1: all trades, master of none.
0: Yeah, I don't even know if he's a, I guess that fits perfectly, but, um, he's so, like, he's almost just got, like, his pinky toe in everything, you know, like, he's just testing the water. Um... So, uh, he wants to, you know, there's the big plot kind of comes, he wants to build the aquarium for Mrs. Cross because she likes fish, um, and he gets kicked out of school because he starts, I love that he has, like, the people there for the fundraiser cutting down the trees, taking over (laughs) the baseball stadium, and he has no permission, he's done nothing, he just, he's that ballsy, um, but gets expelled, uh, from Rushmore ends up out of public school, where he does not fit in but still manages to find his little group you know he brings people in um i love he writes plays uh we were told he gets the scholarship in second grade because he wrote a play um but most of what we see is him borrowing from like movies because he does serpico is the play we see him do at rushmore before he gets kicked out and then um the vietnam like play he does at the public school is familiar of several vietnam movies um apocalypse now and uh i don't know he he pulls a lot of like trope moments from the vietnam war films but um and he of course uh he chose vietnam because bloom served in vietnam and oh man there's just so many like little things in this movie i could probably just talk through all of it what were what were some highlights for you Corey? i'm
1: trying to remember everything um i don't know well, I like some of the just the moments in the movie, like I love when he's daydreaming that he's going to get the unsolvable. Well, it's not unsolvable, but the teacher's never seen anyone solve it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to get that correct. So no one else has to open a book for the rest of the, you know, the rest yeah. of their academic career, I think he says.
0: Which is one of the opening sequences that we get is him like uh, in the geometry class and the teacher gives him the chalk and he starts solving the problem. Like, no big deal. And everybody loves him. And so right away, we're given the impression that he's really smart. But then we find out that's a dream sequence, and he's not good at at school part. It's not that he's dumb. He just doesn't care about
1: He's not, yeah. He's not
0: invested. He cares about the school, but not about the academic side of it. Um, I... Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to... Because everything starts to go downhill with Miss Cross at the Serpico play. Because she brings a date, which is Luke Wilson, um, in his <laughs> in his nurse clothes, which
1: <laughs> he's a doctor and he went to Harvard.
0: Yeah, but in the sequence though, because like they go to dinner, and he's like um, kind of underdressed and like, he's nice and nurse. you weren't even invited. <laughs> yeah, he gets so snippy, but he is also drunk because uh, Bloom bought him a scotch, I think. And, <laughs> um, the, that the joke that the thing before I ever saw this movie in the trailer they had the joke where he goes nice nurse's outfit and he goes they're or scrubs and then he goes oh are they which <laughs> is only a little bit funny but bill murray laughing at it kills me every time and that was in it's the just, trailer
1: like, the offense
0: yeah because oh are they and then bill murray cracking up like it, it was in the trailer and i never forgot that joke like i, I used to make that stupid joke outside and i'd never even seen the movie because of that trailer and i finally saw the film several years ago now but um it's been one of my favorites since i saw it and i i I am a big jason schwartzman fan i don't necessarily love everything he's done but he's my favorite villain in scott pilgrim versus the world i mean i love all the villains in scott pilgrim but i I particularly love um g-man or gideon um he
1: has a very strange radio show on sirius xmu really yeah. what? Uh,
0: what's strange about it?
1: Uh, he plays, like, music that nobody's ever heard of. I can't even, like, think of things off the top of my head. It's, like, super, like... Hipster? Not music that I would expect to hear on that radio station. It's probably my favorite radio station. It's just very off... I don't know, like...
0: What station oh, is
1: it? It's Sirius XMU, and I forget what it's called, what his show is, but... XMU, um, huh? Yeah, it's... Yeah.
0: I'll have to look into that.
1: Um, so sometimes it's really interesting, and he'll, he talks about, um, you know, different things, or he'll talk about, like, movies and things like that, but, um, you know, his love for music runs deep. So sometimes he'll have very, like, very good stuff that, you know, I, I'm, like, totally into, and then sometimes he will... Like play stuff and I'm like, if you weren't Jason Schwartzman, no one would let you play this on any radio station ever. Because no one's listening except that you're playing you know what I mean? Like I wish he
0: took the persona of G Man. That would be so funny.
1: Yes. That would be really funny. I do need to like take a moment. I'm only five three and three quarters and I get heck from my husband all the time because what's three quarters of an inch? And I'm like, Well when you're five three, that's a lot. But I didn't know that Jason Schwartzman was so short
0: how short is he
1: in the movie he's supposed to be 5'3 oh which is a little shorter than me but i mean he's supposed to be 15 but isn't that when most boys get their growth to
0: yeah i mean uh, he he's short compared to most and he's 18 there too so yeah
1: oh that oh yeah in real, in real life, real life in is.
0: real life sorry not um, in the movie
1: that's right but still and he i had to go and look because of course bill murray i think he is really tall
0: he is um i think he's like, at least six foot or something
1: um, but I had to go and look And Jason Schwartzman is 5'6 people ah. But for some reason I just thought He was tall and lanky like Adrian Brody Or something
0: Well, Tom Cruise is also that short I believe Tom Cruise is 5'7 And so is Robert Downey Jr
1: I can't handle all of this right now I'll be back later <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: But um, So After the, the Luke Wilson thing We see Bloom starts to take uh, An interest in Mrs. Cross himself which i okay there's several bill murray scenes that i love the the birthday party for his twins um, when he's sitting at the table smoking a cigarette throwing golf balls into the pool for no apparent reason he has a bucket of golf balls and he's just taking one at a time and tossing them in the pool his wife is being like fork fed cake by some guy and there's a they show the portrait of them and they look kind of distorted and it looks messed up it's not a very happy looking family portrait Um, And it cuts back, and we see, like, his wife kind of look at him, like, with disgust. So, initially, I thought they were divorced. Like, the first couple times I saw this, that they were divorced, but they were at a party because it's their kids. And then, it obviously, later on, it becomes a plot point that he's cheating on his wife. But it's like, well, it looks like she was cheating on him, and he was just letting it happen, and now he's cheating on her, and she sues him because he's the rich one, which is pretty messed up. Um, Well,
1: I mean... I don't know. I didn't think that she was cheating on him, but...
0: That dude was putting... I'm fairly confident someone was feeding her cake.
1: Like, well, maybe she's just rich, and that's their job.
0: Mm, that I don't really know. Look, I got... But um, I love when he goes up on the the high dive with the cigarette still in his mouth, cannonballs, and then just sits in the water. Like, I love that sequence. But um, after he starts dating Miss Cross, Dirk finds out, um, and he threatens to tell Max, and then Max finds out... And he finds out worse because Dirk is mad at Max, so he, like, exaggerates what happened. Um, like, really bad. Like, he tells, uh, Max that they had a a handjob. There's a mention of a handjob again, uh, which gets tossed around quite a bit in this movie. Um, but Max is sitting in the back of Bloom's car when Bloom leaves Cross's house. And, uh, Max says, like, I can't remember what he said, but, uh... You went skinny dipping, and you uh, she gave you a hand job, and all Bill Murray says is, "We never went skinny dipping." <laughs> <laughs> it's so subtle, but oh, like while if he was
1: sleeping on the front porch, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. While he was sleeping on the front porch, and he just, all he says is, "We never went skinny dipping," implying that the other thing is true, um, and <laughs> that starts a series of uh, back and forth that get progressively more dangerous. Um, you know, he max tells bloom's wife about the about the affair and so she files for a divorce uh we see um bloom checking into the hotel he's upstairs he's eating some food and then there's a bee and then there's several bees um that max has let in i love that sequence and then i love this whole kind of montage because then bloom runs over max's bike i
1: love it's also because he is like in the beekeeping club at school so that's how he Mm -hmm. got the bees
0: yeah 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 it says rushmore uh bee organization or whatever i don't even remember what the heck they were called but um beekeepers club probably something simple like that um yeah and uh then you know he cuts he cuts bloom's brakes it's like it goes so far
1: (laughs) how are you i mean like i get that he like trashed your ride but you're you saw what was wrong you're trying to kill this man
0: but see, and where it, this could keep going more and more cartoonish, but instead, it goes realistic, but also still harsh because uh, he reports Max to the police, gets him arrested, um, and then uh, Max tries to get cross fired, only to find out she's already quit. And that's where the the montage kind of drops. But there is the scene where um, Bloom is at the, at the, uh, I think they're at Max's mom's grave. They're at a, they're in a. Um, cemetery god i could not think of the word cemetery um and he pulls the branch on the tree and the tree falls like it was gonna you know it would have killed bloom basically like max escalated (laughs) a little too far um he's definitely kind of a sociopath like to a degree like Uh oh he's a pathological liar i mean right like at the very least um or maybe, maybe maybe that's too harsh maybe he's not pathological but he does lie a lot and obviously he's willing to go to great lengths To get whatever he wants, right? Like, he's willing to risk everything to get the thing he wants, uh, time and time again. And luckily, what he wants tends to not be bad. But when it is bad, he does some messed up stuff. He lies to Miss Cross about being hit by a car to try to seduce her. Um, And how
1: the hell are you going to climb up a ladder?
0: Yeah, to the second floor. To the second
1: floor when your ass just got hit by a car.
0: Yeah, and she buys into it for a minute. Um,
1: I was waiting for it to be catch up. Yeah. But no, it was a little more legit. It was fake blood.
0: Yeah, and you know, um, there's there's scenes like like that are just it's, like, he ignores uh, he gets a little girlfriend, Michelle um, Margaret. uh, Margaret Margaret, uh, Chan? No? I wrote it down. Where is it? Margaret, 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 Margaret. Where are you, Margaret? Margaret Yang. Um, and uh, Yeah, she, she, you know, that, I love how they introduce her, like, early in the film, and then she's kind of, like, gradually woven into his world, like, she's, she tries really hard right away to, like, hey, I like you, but he's not interested, and then she kind of, she wins him over, over time, and, um...
1: She, like, creeps up with that airplane. the,
0: The remote control airplane, yeah. Um... I, I just I find so much of this film to just be fun and uh, like the Brian Cox we mentioned earlier he's the um, I guess it's a principal but I think there's a different term when you're ahead Dr. of a Guggenheim? private school yeah Dr. Guggenheim is his name um, he's in charge of Rushmore he's uh, he acts as a principal but I feel like there's a different title for that type of job at a private school headmaster?
1: but maybe mm.
0: headmaster sounds right um, and that the relationship he has with Max is fun Um because he's, he's frustrated by Max, but he also, he clearly, I feel like he wants all of the kids to do well, but Max is constantly pushing his buttons, you know? There's almost like a Dennis the Menace, Mr. Wilson relationship between the two of them.
1: Yes, that's perfect. Yeah, because w-
0: when he has the stroke at the end and, like, he comes, Max goes to see him and, like, what do you want? And the wife's like... And
1: he hasn't talked in 10 days. 10 days! And it's like... <laughs> he's like is that max fisher yeah get <laughs> him out of here
0: like it's <laughs> i love that um and, and in general i just find them to be a lot of fun their relationship um uh, man i really I, I took a lot of i took a lot of notes considering i've seen this movie so many times but i just you know i didn't want i was like what, what should we talk about um i think i've covered all uh, my i think my favorite bill murray moment though i mentioned the the him at the pool the montage of them getting back at each other back and forth. But, um, when he goes to see, uh, Dr. Guggenheim and Max's at the hospital, they're, they're in the elevator together and he's like pouring the scotch or whatever into the Coke can so he can walk around and drink it. Um, and then he's got like two cigarettes lit in his mouth at the same time. And, uh, Max goes, are you okay? And Bill Murray's response. And it's all in his performance that just sells it. Cause he's just like, Mm, I'm a bit lonely these days and then walks away like, it's it's how he sells it it's so great because it's so deadpan it's well just, he's
1: starting to look a little rough too oh, he's yeah. hiding like the liquor bottle or something under some towels that an orderly <coughs> hat in the you know in the on a, yeah
0: yeah I I love that scene because it's it, he's so broken there he's depressed because he's getting divorced Miss Cross isn't with him anymore um, I mean, Max is like basically almost killed him at this point, and this is where Max convinces him to uh, go for Miss Cross. Like, don't give up. And Max kind of turns because the whole time. Just set Mm-hmm. Max sees that they should be together, and starts kind of pushing them towards each other. It doesn't work initially, but the uh, at the end it all ends pretty happily. I would say, um, even uh, Max's dad getting a date with the uh, the teacher at the public school.
1: I just loved his dad so much. He was probably I, my favorite in the whole movie. I,
0: when when he has um, Mr. Bloom come and meet his dad, is one of my favorite moments in this movie. Because it, it's, one, it's it's a vulnerability, because Max has always lied about his dad, especially to Bloom, because he was trying to impress Bloom. So, like, him having him come in and get a haircut from his dad, just, it, it's, it's like heart-melting to me, because that's Max trying to be a better person, um, it's Max starting to own who he is and not try to be something he's not. And it's, uh, I I really think this is a, a excellent, excellent film.
1: And his dad says that I'm a barber and I like being a barber because I'm good at it. And I, mm-hmm. I and just it,
0: really like that. I, I even like that Max starts being a barber though. Like he quits school and is like cutting <laughs> <Yeah>. hair.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that's against like child labor laws and all kinds of truancy uh, things. But whatever.
0: His, his dad's just like, you know. Yeah, again. He, but see, even even that, his dad doesn't yell at him, he doesn't raise his voice, he doesn't threaten him, he talks they, to him, you know?
1: They live right by, their house is right by the cemetery that his mom is buried in, right?
0: I think so, that's the, uh, impression that I got as well. Mm. And, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, you know, there's so many little character things in this movie that I just love, and obviously stylistically it's got Anderson's kind of muted color palette, um... A lot lot of uh, Anderson's style just kind of comes out of this film um, in a lot of ways. I think you'll see Schwartzman really, I mean, he's been kind of typecast as this character. Uh, Not quite, not always playing like someone trying to be something they're not, but this kind of confident, arrogant, but shouldn't be um, smug attitude that he just Pushes out there. I mean, he's in the really Limited. He's him, Adrian Brody, and Owen Wilson are brothers, in that they're rich brothers who have been. I think they've lost everything um, after their dad's passing. And so there's like this there's an infighting, but there's, you know, they're all trying to be their own men. Um, they've all responded to it differently. And then uh, Schwartzman, even in Mr., uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, he's George Clooney's son. Um, and there's. <laughs> He has so many little mannerisms in that movie uh, <laughs> that crack me up. Um, and obviously it's a claymation, but like the little things he says... I'm trying to think of... He has a catchphrase that he says um, when he's mad. I can't think of what it is, but I, I it cracks me up. Um, I don't. He's not in Tenenbaums. He's not in... I don't think he's in Life Aquatic. And he's not in Grand... If he's in Grand Budapest, it's super small. Uh, Bill Murray has just the opening in Grand Budapest. Um, but... Yeah, I, this this movie just really hits me. Um, it might be because it's the first Wes Anderson movie I think I saw, aside from Fantastic Mr. Fox. And so maybe it just clicked with me for that. Or maybe it goes back to the trailer with the OR scrub joke that I never forgot. Um, he even takes a jab at his, Luke Wilson's nose, which I thought was hilarious. Because uh, when they first meet, he had been punched in the nose backstage by the, guy, the actor in his play. And Luke Wilson goes, what happened to your nose? He's like, I got punched in the face. What's wrong with yours? She's <laughs> <just> like. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of Wes Anderson's style and his comedy. Um, so I, I love Rushmore. Corey, it sounds like you liked it. Where would you put it in our rating system?
1: <laughs> um, You go first. You love it. So it's, it's a, must-see. a
0: must-see. Yeah, for me, it's must-see without any hesitation.
1: I wouldn't say it's a. I don't know.
0: Okay. This well, is me every time. I don't know. You know. You know it's coming every time.
1: Yeah, I know. But this is me. I never am prepared for this. Um, I'll go with not quite golden pony
0: boy. All right, so there you have it, folks. That's Rushmore. Um, I don't think it's available to stream on any services, but it is available to rent on VOD from any of the major providers. Or, of course, you can always buy it. It is on Criterion. I really want it on Criterion um, because I love the art for it. But I can't justify that. So uh, for now, it will just be... I have it on DVD and I have it on Voodoo. But um, next week, continuing with high school movies, I picked a film that I've never seen but have always heard so, 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 so many people just rave about it. Um, And it stars Sean Penn. So if you're thinking high school movie with Sean Penn... What could it possibly be? And yes, that's right. The 1982 Fast Times at Ridgemont High, uh, directed by Amy Heckerling. Obviously, that's big. And what I, fr- I did not know, but Jennifer Jason Leigh is in this movie, Corey.
1: Oh, yeah. I haven't uh, seen this in, like, forever.
0: Okay, so you have seen it. I have never seen it, or at least I don't believe I've ever seen it. Um, it's possible that I saw when I was, like, a kid on regular TV or something, but I definitely have never sat and watched this in its entirety, um, it is unfortunately, apparently all the movies we picked this month are not going to be readily available, um, I didn't realize it was written by Cameron Crowe, so that's worth noting, um, oh heck, but, uh, we'll be watching this, uh, for our next episode, if you would like to tell us your thoughts on this movie, maybe, like, like, how the heck have you never seen this classic comedy, um, or maybe that it doesn't hold up, which is what we're going to find out next week. Uh, we'll be back next week, but you can email us your thoughts at contact at com. That's contact at burkreviews.com. You can follow us on social media. I am at burkreviews Corey.
1: At Crazy Cat Lady. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> at Corey Star, two hours on the end.
0: Although Crazy Cat Lady's probably out there. Um, but I'm
1: married. Oh, you mean the name.
0: The name, yes, not <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Not that you should have it, but um you could always claim it for later. Um new podcast, Crazy Cat Lady. Oh <laughs> god um and uh you can read my reviews at berkreviews.com before we sign off the cat joke just or the cat comment just got me thinking we have a young cat ramona um named after ramona flowers from scott pilgrim because my daughter also loves the movie and she poops weird oh god yeah (laughs) she stands up in the litter box like, like she on her legs? on her back legs and she puts her front paws on the the, the rim to balance herself, but she stands up as much as possible.
1: <laughs> I've had a cat do that. Before.
0: It is the weirdest thing. <laughs> oh,
1: that's so funny. And
0: I I want to film it, but I also don't because it's a cat pooping, and I feel like that's kind of gross. But she's standing up. <laughs> it's so, <laughs> so weird. It is so Maybe weird. Maybe not the
1: angle right, you wouldn't necessarily get the poop.
0: Yeah, I'd have to, like, lay on the ground. I don't know if I want to do that. Um word. So, but, yeah, it, it is, uh, it's so weird. And I, I do love my cats uh, and my dogs. But the, the, this cat is, is crazy. And she poops way too frequently. Um, I don't know. But I thought you might appreciate that, Corey, because you are a fan of cats. Um, with that in mind, I think that's our episode, folks. We'll be back in a week uh, with our review of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, until next time keep watching movies this has been a Berk Reviews podcast berkreviews.com